I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to Friends with Friends. My name is Pete Allison and this is Dave Cribb. Aloha, how are we? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good, very well, thank you. Very, very well. Um, having a nice time. You see something slightly different today, isn't it, Dave? So that, uh, say that again. Something slightly different today. About me? No, it's the, the, the guest, <laughs> where our guest is. Oh, I see, I thought... Now I thought you know what I'm talking about, shall I say that again? Yeah. Uh, Dave, as I'm sure you've noticed, uh, something is a little bit different today. I'm a bit lonely today, Pete. That's because our guest is with me for one. Oh, that is nice, isn't it? Normally the guest... Uh, so Pete and I are obviously... We, I, th- I feel like we say this too often and people don't care at all, but we're in different cities and usually yeah. the guest sat with me and you're sat in your little studio up in Leeds. But today I'm just sat all alone, surrounded yeah. by... Empty chairs and empty tables. And uh, yeah, would you like to do the honours of introducing the guests, considering you can see her? Yeah, I mean, I, I never get to do this no, bit, exactly, do I? exactly, exactly. Uh, we have news uh, reporter and presenter, Victoria Holland is with us. Hello! Victoria Holland, off of the telly. Off, off of the telly and many other things, but yeah, mostly off it's of mostly, the telly. But people only care about the telly, don't they? This is what, this is what you just learn, the older you get. You can do really... Cool, impressive stuff. <laughs> I used to work in radio as well. No one knew who I was. No. On the telly, I was like, I know your face. Yeah, yeah I, I live a life of anonymity. It's, yeah, it's um, nice. It's, it's nice. I miss it a little bit. Now. Do you get do you get like spotted in the streets now, Tor? What people tend to do is look at me a little bit too long <laughs> and they can't quite place me. It happened the other day when I was in MS and this lady looked at me for a long time and she said, Do you work? here. I was like, no. Why would I get discount if I did? She said, yes, but you don't work here, do you? Where do you work? And I explained. So yeah, that's what tends to happen. Um, You've picked a wonderful episode. Thanks. Thanks. It was actually tough. I was weighing it up between two, but I've gone for one. What what were the two? Well, the episode, do you want me to talk about the episode I picked or the episode no, I didn't pick? let's start with the one you didn't pick, the runner-up, the silver medal. Yeah, the runner-up was, and I can't remember what it's actually called, but it's the one where Richard and Monica reveal to her parents that they are going out. It's where the phrase, yeah. he's got a Twinkie in the city, yeah. gets used loads. And I was so close to doing that because it's almost farcical of points. It's brilliant. But Is yeah. that the one with them hiding in the shower? Yes. Yes, okay. But instead? But instead, I picked... 
series seven, episode 13, which is The One Where Rosita Dies. The One, one Where, where Rosita, Rosita Dies. dies. Oh, we said that in exact harmony there, Pete. That was nice, wasn't it? <laughs> it was <laughs> nice, wasn't it? I'd also like to confirm that Victoria has brought, um, I don't think it's the most amount of notes I've seen anyone bring, but a hefty set of notes. It's two and a half sides. Yeah. Two and a half sides. I thought you were going to say she's brought a Barker lounger with her. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's brought her own Rosita with her. <laughs> um, let, shall I do the synopsis before we kick yes. off? Season 7, episode 13, the one where Rosita dies. Rachel and Chandler both think they've broken Rosita, Joey's recliner. So Rachel goes out with Joey to buy a new chair, while Chandler secretly swaps the recliner with his own. Eventually, Joey takes Chandler's and Monica's request, and Rachel keeps the luxurious new chair for herself, making Joey jealous. Meanwhile, Monica and Ross visit their childhood house, finding out their parents are selling it. However, an incident with the Porsche and a flood leads to Monica's childhood boxes being ruined, while Ross's stay dry. And Phoebe takes a telemarketing job selling toner and tries to save a man named Earl from committing suicide. That was the part of this episode that I had forgotten about until I actually started right. watching it. Right. It's, it's a, like a really iconic plot line, isn't it? And then, but I just forgot which one it's in. It's great. I think it's, I think it actually ends up being like one of the best sort of Phoebe episodes. Yeah, I was going to say, Phoebe gets a lot of good stuff in this yeah. episode, actually. It's a w- bit of a strange episode because nothing really moves the plot along. Like, no. N- there's no like massive developments in anybody's relationships, but it's three teeny tiny stories that are all interwove, apparently on one day, but I'll talk about that in a bit. I like that you flagged up the timeline problem we love a timeline problem oh on this podcast. Oh my gosh, the timeline problem on this one is incredible. It's astonishing, isn't it? I'm glad you said that. I noticed that. Let's deal with all three plot lines first, and then at the end we can come to the timeline problems and work out how this exists in a world without some sort of TARDIS. Where do you want to start then? You've got Rosita, you've got Jack and Judy's house, or you've got Phoebe and Earl. Let's start with Rosita. Let's start with the titular plot. Okay, yeah. the titular plot. And yeah, and it all kicks off before before the credits even roll in this one. Like, loads happens. Like, she breaks the whole chair. Like, the proper setup before the music's even gone because normally before the credits it's just like a bit of oh laddie da fun isn't it but this is like the main beef of it yeah, it's also quite a long uh opening pre-titles bit by friend standards as well did you time it pete to, to that <laughs> i didn't time it no. <laughs> just like, that okay, is the sort of thing that right, we do but... no but i tell you i tell you what is noticeable the, the second scene after that is the one where monica comes in and tells ross that um her parents are selling the house and that is such a short scene. Did you notice that? Because it must oh, be yeah, because yeah. Super quick. the one before was so long. But she basically comes in and goes, look, mum and dad are selling the house. And he goes, oh, there's a window in the attic. And Phoebe goes, what about the window? And that's it. It's like 20 seconds. And it feels so short. Like They were like, we've got to really cut this down because we've wasted a lot of time on the chair. The bit at the top with the chair. I was trying to Google what Rachel would have said in the Channel 4 aired for, for like daytime television version because she breaks you know she says Rosita us chica's gotta stick together yeah. she moves her the chair breaks and then she calls her a bitch. Yeah, this is, is one of those. This is one of those jarring moments again. We've mentioned it a few times. Swear words in Friends feel really weird because, like, well, I personally am not used to watching those versions of those episodes. But um, it's this thing about Rosita. Rosita very early gets sort of turned into a human, doesn't she? She's personified, <laughs> yeah. like Rachel calling Rosita a bitch, and then the way that Joey talks about. I mean, her I is just refer to her as she without even <laughs> yeah, exactly. It. That's like, what I mean. Yeah, like. I mean, inanimate objects, apart from... I've never named my television Stevie the TV. I mean, have you ever named a piece of furniture? Like, I mean, the closest I can think of is naming a car. People do name cars. Yeah. But I've, I've, I've got quite a strict no-name for car You policy. can't name your cars, can you? I don't... I've named my car. Have What's you? your car called? Yeah, he's called Rolf. 
Rolf. Rolf. <laughs> Rolf the golf? Rolf the golf. I knew that was going to be yes. it. Okay, okay. Okay, I'm sorry. The, the interesting thing is, though, isn't it, that um, we've never heard the chair being mentioned by name at all in the previous seven years. And also, presumably, Chandler's chair also has a name? Or did Joey wait till he moved out before he named his chair? They are identical, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, because they used to live together yeah. with the two chairs. And so, it moved over to Monica's. Yeah. Presumably... Rosita has an identical twin that has a name, but we don't hear it. Well, exactly. <laughs> but Chandler knows about Stevie the TV. He calls the TV Stevie at one point. Stevie, yeah, I was never true. here. I was never here. He's obviously in on the naming game, but no. And Chandler doesn't seem as attached to his chair when it all goes to shit a bit later on. But No, he, he, he's very quick to sort of hand it over, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. I think my over, overall take from this um, plotline was Joey is being a little bitch for the whole episode. It's not a good episode for <laughs> Joey, but in like a kind of lovable way and no one picks him up on it. And Rachel's just like, you're an immature child. But right at the start, he's let Rachel move into this apartment that he rents, I'm sure. But now he, he doesn't own it. He's got no right. Like, he's basically gone, you are not allowed to sit in the living room because my chair <laughs> stays there. It is a strange setup. I mean, I know it's a set, but yeah. like the fact that that sofa, that yellow sofa off to the back, you can't see the TV for that. What a terrible idea. That's Rachel's reason for moving everything yeah, around, isn't I'm, it? I'm it's so Rachel. that she can sit and yeah. not be on his lap in a slightly misogynistic ang- way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a horrible bit as well. It's referred to as being something Joey said. Yes, it? exactly. Yeah. It's like a callback to something he's obviously said a number of times. And we all just go, oh no. But they move on yeah. and it's fine. But yeah, I think you're right, Tor. That, this is what's happened is Rachel has finally noticed seven years later that the setup of that living room is the maddest fucking thing you've ever seen. There's <laughs> one chair in the middle of the entire living room that you can sit in and then the rest is completely invisible to the television. A little bit later, we, of course, Rachel buys a very expensive chair, the one that Joey's always dreamed of apparently and there's one bit that really ages friends considerably when she sat there saying about the fact that the, the chair can get radio yeah. <laughs> and radio is groundbreaking whereas you could Ooh. probably get like fm radio on well it's like in the hat on that that cap that tim gets in the office isn't it as yeah. well it's a really naff feature to put fm radio in things that don't need the radio it's, a, it's like an, they're so she's so surprised that I mean, a radio is, by definition, like a portable item, isn't it? You can put a radio in literally anything. (laughs) So why would it be like this mad technological advance that you can have a radio in your living room, basically? Do you remember when Walkmans used to have radios on as well? Oh, yeah. To play out loud. Yeah. No, no, no. Just like your tape recorder, but also had a little FM radio receiver in it. I I don't think I... I mean, Pete's a bit younger than me. I didn't realise this, Dave. Oh, yeah, this, this this happens from time to I'm time. I'm not that much younger. Five years is considerable years. in, like, yeah, you know, when I started watching Friends, I was 12. You were seven. Yeah, that's well, true. Well, I'll tell you, how, this is the thing, Tor, and this is the problem. It's not a significant age difference, but the real significance of this podcast is that Pete doesn't really remember watching Friends on television, do you? Like, when it yeah. first aired. You're, As it happened. You're a repeat no. boy. Do, I, I, can remember, I can remember loads of like adverts on Channel 4 for the final series, and I can remember those advert. I can remember it being on on a Friday night, perhaps oh, I, around sort of Big Brother time. Yeah, Maybe it was I on remember it was on, on a Friday shows. night because we were we were quite lucky because we had a games room with our own telly, and so like our friends would come round because our parents would want to watch something you know important like the nine o'clock news as it was in those days. Yeah, and so friends would come round and watch Friends, and then we'd watch things like Smack the Pony. Um, Ali G and all that sort of stuff was on on a Friday evening so it was a proper event to have your friends over and say 
let's watch Friends. And it's not like you could pause it if one of you was like, oh, I missed that bit. Can you go back? It's <laughs> yeah, not like that. That was it. it. You watched it then and that was it. Yeah. Let's talk about your games room though, shall we? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, playroom. What do people call it? <laughs> A games room makes it sound like... It's very Downton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like some sort yeah. of like mid-20s American bachelor has got like a pool table in the basement and a bar that he's built. There is a pool table. <laughs> <laughs> and a very shoddy darts board, which we never played. No, it's a, and a TV. It's a proper That's games room. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now it's just full of my mother's stuff. Yeah. We'll get on to hoarding later though. Well, I mean, <laughs> At least you didn't turn it into a gym I've as soon some... as you left. <laughs> 20 minutes later. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Joey's being a little bitch. He won't let Rachel move in. His reasoning is, oh, it's the, the equal distance between the bathroom and the kitchen, which are both three steps away from the chair. Like, this is a bad episode for Joey, because like, later on, when he breaks Chandler's chair, he's, he's acting like a toddler, isn't he? He's like, well, I guess this is my chair now, even though you paid for it. He's the same sort of petulant he is with uh, Hugsy the Penguin. <gasps> right. Yes. It's that kind of Joey. Yeah, there's childlike Joey really coming out. But in everyone's defence, that chair is one poorly made chair. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer Aniston is not a big woman. She may be a very deceptively strong woman, but she's effectively pulled that chair apart with so much ease when she's trying to move it. That is a shoddy chair. And it not only breaks at sort of at what I guess must be the hinge of the chair, but it rips like the leather. (laughs) The whole thing. She goes to town on it. Like an incredible Hulk style pull (laughs) apart. Yeah, she tears the leather. (laughs) Astonishing. Uh, so this plays out. Chandler thinks he's now broken it when he comes in because, well, this is a strange sort of, you know, sitcom plot twist, I guess. But Chandler goes in and they sort of put the chair back together as if they're trying to conceal it from anybody else. You know what I mean? Like the chair's broken. Why have they put the back back on the chair? Do you know the whole thing with this plot about Chandler thinking he's broken it and then he goes and buy another one and then they end up with three chairs? Like it's a sort of farcical plot that I don't think you really see that much in Friends. Yeah, it feels like right. a different sort of comedy. Do you yeah, know? it's a proper like old school farce, isn't it? Yeah. And the audience yeah. knows what's going on at yeah. all times. It's kind a bit Faulty Towers-esque yes. sort of thing, I think. Yeah, you're right. It is very old style sitcom, isn't it? And it's just like deep into Friends season seven now. So you're right. It's quite different from what we're, from what we're used to seeing. Um, so then Rachel decides to keep the new chair. Chandler's chair that is the apparently miraculously healed one is next to it. Rachel goes across to talk to Chandler and Joey break. Again, shoddy made chairs. He could just rip that apart. Although he did look like he'd worked up quite the sweat ripping that chair apart. Yeah, it took him more effort than it took Rachel. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the essence of the the essence of the chair. Uh, that's kind of the um, <laughs> the essence of the chair plotline, isn't it? I mean, there are some classic lines that come out from it that you don't realise that are steeply embedded in your psyche. Yeah. Like, she's healed. She's, like, yeah. I can't think of how many times I must have said that in some sort of context. Right. Those little lines that just trickle into your brain and they come out and even you aren't quite sure where they're from immediately when you say them. I think we've noticed, we've, we've mentioned a few times how there are lots of... Uh, turn of phrases in friends that you don't fully appreciate that's where you got them from right. and then you yeah she's them healed is definitely one for me yeah yeah okay let's move on to jack and judy now they're selling their house and um monica reads about it in the newspaper which is a curious way of getting that information across to your son and daughter in the middle of new york city yeah if their house is in that newspaper in central New York, then they're, well, Ra- they're 
Monica is in central New York, isn't she? Then there must be a hell of a lot of listings in that paper for it to go that far. Well, maybe it's for those people in New York who want to move out to move you know, out, Hampshire's yeah, or yeah, whatever it is. So. But also, she has gone through that paper with like incredible pernickety detail. Yeah. If, you know, it's still the morning. I'll, I mean, I'll get onto the timeline. Yet, but they're <laughs> having their morning coffee and she's already got onto the housing section. Yeah. And has looked at the tiny classifieds. That's dedication to the news. And I say that as someone who is dedicated to the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why is she reading that bit of the paper at all unless she's looking to buy a house? I mean, I quite like reading that bit, imagining my future life if I had that much money quite yeah. a lot. But, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm on right move all the time looking at that sort of stuff. But, yeah, you're right. If it's in a newspaper by then, that's been on sale for a while and they haven't bothered to tell them. Who is it that's in this scene? It's Phoebe making a comments about the upstairs window, Ross and Monica, and that's it, isn't it? That's it, yeah. And it's yeah, that really super there. short scene that I referenced earlier. Yeah. They're literally just, oh, look. And then Ross is one of those, like, one of those Ross moments that's a bit like a Joey moment where he's like, hey, that house looks like our parents' house. Oh, it's even got the same window. Oh, it's even in the same yeah. street. You know, and it's like, it takes him too long to realise what's happening. Unbelievable for a man of science, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so they go to the house. Jack Geller. We don't see Judy, curiously. No, she's, <laughs> no, she's, she's referenced, but she she's not there, is she? Dad, whose are these cigarettes? Oh, they must be your mother's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's some great lines coming from that, though. I must say that's, yeah. a, that's a bit of fine Jack Geller. There's a lot of good spurious details in this um, bit of the plot as well, which will feature in the quiz later on. And it's nice to be talking about your favourite Jack Geller, Dave. Oh, I love Jack Geller. <laughs> I love Jack Geller so much. Do you, oh, did So now, this is going to date this slightly for as to when we record it. But did you see um, that news article this week? So they had um, Friends Fest in London this week and Kevin Bright was there. Kevin da, 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 interjection while I'm editing the podcast. Uh, I feel like I'm making a habit of these interjections. Apologies. There won't be too many more. Uh, you will have noticed, though, that uh, that reference there does really date this episode. And uh, what I'd like to point out is this is the first episode of Series 2 that we actually recorded. And due to a complete mystery that we'll never know the truth behind, I lost the hard drive and then uh, completely lost the audio and then only just found it uh, last week. So there you go. Uh, like I say, a complete mystery. Who knows why this one's taken so long to come out? Anyway, it really does date it, doesn't it? To Friends Fest last year, which was probably like October uh, in 2018. Uh, but never mind. It's here now. And the reason for the interjection and uh, long-winded explanation is because I think we've stumbled upon a theory that you all should know. So here goes. Back to the podcast recorded last year. Kevin Bright was there. Kevin S. Bright. Right. And he said that uh, at one point they were going to kill off Jack Geller. <gasps> really? No. Yeah. That would have been very dark for friends. Right. He basically pushed it through and everyone else was like, no, 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 we're not getting rid of Elliot Gould. But yeah, there was, there was almost a world in which Jack Geller was killed off. They just sort of, in the end, they just sort of stop being in it, don't they? You don't yes. see them much towards the end. Like, much it. like the chick and the duck. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. What happened to them? Well, they're, they're, they're quite a central role in the finale, though, aren't they? The finale, oh, are they? Okay. Well, the new ones, aren't they? The new chick and the duck. Yes, that's but, true. Um, yeah, not the oh, original. Okay. It's, referenced, it's referenced in the finale that they had to go off to the farm, which is basically code for they had to. They, 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 <laughs> they both died. died but it's like we, Poochie we returning I, to his home planet. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I but think that might be for a different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> there was no, there was never an episode. I would have thought the episode where the chick and the duck die would have been like a momentous, like almost a season finale scale yeah. 
moment in the friend's timeline but we just never see it and they just quietly disappear like jack and judy maybe they die too maybe and it's just not oh my goodness because they named jack geller they named the baby after jack don't they yeah maybe kevin bright got his way he got his way and he actually died and they're naming it in memoriam of jack geller Will it explain why uh, Chandler and Monica can afford that huge house towards the end oh, of the yeah, series? Oh, yeah, that's well? it. <gasps> Inheritance! Yes. Yeah. Have we turned up an extraordinary bit of unsaid plot that no We've one's ever known? Are we going to be, Pete? On a BuzzFeed article. (laughs) (laughs) You won't believe this friend's theory. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sending this immediately to BuzzFeed. Episode over. Uh, No, let's carry on. Um, So, yeah, they go to the house. All Ross's stuff's in the boxes. We see some of all his old nerdy stuff, don't we? And then it transpires that Monica's boxes have all been ruined by the flood, um, which is... Quite a flood, if you notice the height at which the boxes are stacked. Well, no, but I think think he has restacked them. So he's obviously left them around the Porsche. Inter- interestingly, it's Porsche, not Porsche. I made episode. the same notes. Yeah. yeah. At no point is Porsche said. It's only Porsche. Whereas when Joey gets his Porsche. Yeah. That's the big We've thing. We've discussed that at length in uh, in the, the Joey Porsche episode. But yeah, it is consistent in this episode. It's a Porsche. Yeah. yeah. A Porsche. So I think what he's done is taken all the boxes, like stacked them around the Porsche for the purpose of the spring flood and then stacked them back up. So he obviously must have noticed, well, all of this stuff is what. Oh, well, just well, you know, six months it. ago, yeah. just left it. Yeah. What a terrible father. Also, when when Monica finds something which she recognises is covered in mould and she gets quite nostalgic thinking, oh, I wonder what this was. Even though it's covered in mould and fluff, she still rubs it on her face. Yeah, and it turns out to be a dead mouse. Well, yes. it's not because it's enormous. Yeah, and yeah. only at that point is she horrified by the fact that she had it on her face. It's been like, no, it was still disgusting before you even did that. <laughs> it's 25 years old, mate, and mouldy as shit. What are you doing? You're famously a clean freak. Yes, that's you true. Would not, <laughs> you would never do anything of the sort. I have a question. What is an easy-bake oven? And why would you need six or seven? Great question. I assume it's like... Well, she makes a reference to a light bulb, doesn't she? She makes a reference to, oh, it's ridiculous to expect a child to wait for a light bulb to cook. Yeah. Brownies. Brownies. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's some... I think I used to have like a little oven. Yeah, it feels like like one of those... um, You know when you get those like kids' kitchens? It didn't... It wasn't functional. Like you couldn't actually cook stuff in it. Oh, well, well, why would you... Again, why would you need six or seven? (laughs) That's true. She's just got... Well, practicing for when she grows up to be a chef. Can I Google this? Would that be... Yeah, go for it. Because I'm intrigued because, yeah, like we all, why not we Easy all? Bake sounds like a brand. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like one of those child's kitchen things that, you know, a, a kid's play kitchen. This is one of the many American references in Friends that we just do yeah, not know. I feel like she's making a specific reference to but a I would say childhood those thing. kids' kitchens they used to have, like they couldn't actually do anything. They were just like, there was a fake yeah, sink they were all plastic-y, and a fake they? fridge. And, oh, yeah, no, it is an actual oven. It There's looks more like... Um, I don't know, almost like a weird sandwich toasty maker or something. Anyway. Either way, it's definitely you not going to kick your brownies. Oh, no. Yeah, you can buy them in the UK, but they are an American thing. You have to buy them used or pay shipping. Anyway, let's not do that. <laughs> so he is an actual oven. So, yeah, so 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 the boxes are ruined. Jack, you're right. We, someone referenced, one, one of the two of you referenced this a minute ago, I think it was Tor, said, what a terrible father. <laughs> Their parenting of Monica, is a whole, there's a whole podcast series to be done that. It, it appears to be very unbalanced between the two of them. But also their way of, their way of compensating by giving Monica the Porsche is also really disproportionate. So I, I, Ross's reaction to that is priceless. It is brilliant. It's classic uh, David Schwimmer, great so reactionary <laughs> acting. But Monica is happy with it, isn't she? Like she sees the Porsche as 
that makes up for everything. Yeah, it's such a lazy, like, one of those things where it's like, have £200,000 because I'm yeah. a terrible person and have been for the last 30 years. And it's like, cool, cheers. Problem solved. I'd rather have £200,000. If you're living in central New York, a pool should be surely inconvenient. Yes. Like, where is she going to park it? Does she, the, the Porsche, I'm guessing the Porsche never reappears. Uh, oh, the Porsche, uh, oh, yes, it does. It's definitely referenced a number of times in the future. There's a scene where... Ross bursts into the apartment and says, they're towing your car, they're towing your car. And she goes, my car is parked in a garage way downtown or something. And he goes, they're towing a car. You know, there's a couple of things like that, but I don't think we ever see the Porsche again. Good point, Pete. Well done. Thank you. Thank what, you an ex- what an expensive prop. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, at least they've kept away the leaves and guck and stuff. Yeah. I have a feeling one of the executive producers on that show wanted a new Porsche and thought, yeah. how can I put this into the show so the show pays for it and then I keep it for the rest of my life. And he wanted his daughter to have some easy bake yeah. <laughs> Hi guys, it's Angelo Epithemio here, telling you to please listen to the Brian and Roger podcast. Now, I don't know who's written it, but whoever it is, is probably a genius. So I think you should give it a listen, because it's such great stuff. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, on to Phoebe and Earl. This is a, a great bit of plot, I think. This is a great plot line in this episode. One of my faves. Didn't know it was in this... You know, it's one of those ones where, you, like you said earlier, you can't remember which episode these little C plot lines come in. Um, but a great bit of Phoebe business. She yeah. gets a lot of great lines, like you said earlier. Earl is great. Earl slash George from Seinfeld. So I didn't realise it was George from Seinfeld, having never watched Seinfeld. 
My boyfriend has never watched Friends until he started watching it Whoa. now, age 36. Oh, really? It's fascinating to watch an episode of Friends with someone who has never seen it before in their life. But I'm guessing George from Seinfeld. So like, he recognised George from Seinfeld. But, but Yeah, he, he must have at the time been like quite a big uh, guest star to have. Yes, and there's the sort of there's a whole thing about it because his, it, it's almost the identical character that he plays, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's like a whole load like of friends, and... conspiracy theories about, oh, is it actually the same character in disguise type thing. Interestingly, there is a um, an episode of Malcolm in the Middle where Jason Alexander, who plays Earl and George, uh, is a guest star as a telephone salesman that sells toner. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. That's isn't meta. That, isn't that so tight? Real, real. Me- yeah, yeah. Do you know what this guy looks like? Someone that sells toner <laughs> or gets sold toner too. I remember watching this episode uh, like the first time around many years ago and thinking at the time, I don't know what toner is. I probably didn't know what toner was until I started working in an office. <laughs> yeah, like see, that's probably why I now know I'm a bit more familiar with that word. But then Phoebe actually asks, what is toner? Isn't what she? Is toner? The, <laughs> yeah. the joke there is that she's already in the job and she's about to start selling toner. And then at the last minute, she asks, what is toner? Like seconds before she gets on the phone. But we she? never find the answer. Exactly. That's the thing. I was then. 15 year old me I, really yeah, wanted to know. I would have then been like, oh, good. Someone's about to explain what toner is. And then there's a little ident and that's it. Like the scene's over. It's like, no, I wanted to know. <laughs> this ties in with a lot of the problems with this job. And I imagine this ties into the stuff you want to talk about timeline wise, Tor. But Ross basically goes, hey, why don't you get a job in telemarketing? And how easy was it for Phoebe to get a job in telemarketing no the very same experience. day? Yeah, no she walks previous into that. experience. She walks in and then, okay, maybe it's just about believable that they're like, oh yeah, we're really short-staffed, be a temp, do so. Then she walks in and this boss goes, right, let's do your full training. And her full training is involves Phoebe doing a pretend call where she goes, okay, bye, you don't need toner, cool. And her boss basically goes, okay, we've obviously got a lot of work to do here. Anyway, here's a book, all the answers are in there. Cool, uh, away, you're ready to start selling toner now. I was like, that's not training. <laughs> She's demonstrated fully that she is awful at it, has no concept of what it is, and doesn't know what toner is. And you've just gone, away you go. But then a few moments later, the boss sees her screaming down the phone and says, New Girl's Good or something along those yeah. lines didn't she? so Phoebe really takes this job well in their eyes she does and that boss I would say is a dreadful dreadful boss and it's no wonder that her toner supply rooms are short staffed because I imagine everyone leaves very quickly high turnover Phoebe has my favourite line in this episode I think and it's only one word and that's when she's on the phone and Earl is talking about how nobody in the office recognises he's there and he's really depressed and Phoebe just asks <laughs> Chandler? <laughs> I've been working here for 10 years and no one knows who I am yeah. Chandler. Yeah that's great and I, I think I think Phoebe is quite a different Phoebe's quite cutting in this episode in the way she takes the mick out of Chandler there and she's also like quite ballsy in a way that she absolutely isn't at the start of Friends and I think we've mentioned this before how like Joey shifts a bit and changes and Phoebe does as well because she seems quite she gets quite tough doesn't she yeah, Phoebe? Yeah and she's quite switched on and fiery in this episode yeah. I like this Phoebe And I don't think that's quite the same Phoebe uh, who we see at the start of Friends where she's very sort of... Um, Otherworldly and sort of, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, There's a couple of classic uh, continuity errors. Well, there's one series long one and there's one within the episode. When um, there's all this palaver about how nobody in the office knows who Earl is, 
But the first time Phoebe calls up, she goes, can I speak to your office supply manager? And they go, oh, yeah, that's Earl. And she goes, cool, Earl. <laughs> yeah, so immediately, somebody in the office definitely knows who Earl is. Um, the other one is, and this ties into another point. So she gets the toner job, doesn't she? Because she's given um, two massages all year to Ross and Monica, and that's it. And it's February. A, how does she live? She's a professional masseuse and she's given two massages in two months. In an infamously expensive city to live in. Maximum $100 income over January and February. But also, this is the series long continuity error. We know that Phoebe has never been allowed to massage Monica because Monica feels yeah. self-conscious about it. Uh, yeah, good Isn't point. it because Monica makes the aroused well, noises? It, yeah. It turns out, yeah, that she makes the makes the um the sex noises when she does it, but that's a later episode. She she says, "I don't let you massage me because I'm self-conscious." That's a very good uh continuity dun, dun, observation, dun. Dave. Even by yeah. your Cheers, standards. Guys. That's I very thought good. I liked friends a lot, but you guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, hasn't taken long for that all familiar feeling of a guest feeling like we are too cool. to creep into this podcast. In the background of Earl's office are these awful inspirational posters. I don't know if anyone noticed that. Oh, I didn't notice There's a picture of like a, I think like a skyscraper and it just says the word achieve underneath (laughs) it. No wonder he's depressed. Oh yeah, well there was there was another one. I wrote it down because I was just like, "This, this is awful. Oh yeah, there's another one that says direction. (laughs) This is one of those um, classic scenarios, I imagine, where they've gone, right, guys, we need an office set, you know, just a typical office. And obviously everyone that works on Friends works in, like, comedy, in the media. None of them have ever been in a real office. (laughs) And they've just gone, what? Yeah, what I imagine, they just have a to-do list, they'd have posters that say achieve and direction and reach for the stars in their cubicles. But yeah, it is a, when you look at the... um, the details in the office. He's got a pot on his desk that just says instant lunch on it. <laughs> I noticed that. Which a is pot. like, looks well, like, like a, a pen Yeah, pot. it looks like, no, no, like, like a soup pot, you know, yeah. like a giant. Oh, I see. I thought maybe I couldn't see the bit where it says instant noodle soup lunch or something. <laughs> right. But no, no it, it just, just says, says instant, instant lunch. lunch. <laughs> That's bare minimum, like, prop effort, isn't it? <laughs> something vaguely referencing food. Today's tasks, kill self. <laughs> Instant lunch. Like, they, they are keeping things tight on the word count here. Well, it's no wonder he wants to kill himself. He's leaving a bleak old life, isn't he? Poor old Earl eating his instant lunches. I mean, that is only one step up from just writing the word lunch on a pot and putting it on the desk, isn't it? Phoebe does get some good lines in this when she eventually turns up the office to try and stop him killing himself. You know, the Earl, put Earl. My yeah. mother was put Earl. Clutching it's at straws so to make him feel better. Well delivered, though. I, I think that's a good bit of Phoebeing. The other brilliant Phoebe moment as well is when she has her book of all the set responses that she's told. Anything they say on the phone, <laughs> yes. if they don't want any product from you, the answer to it is in this book. And he says that he doesn't want any toner because he's going to kill himself. And there's this brief pause, and then Phoebe looks through the book as if that might be one of the ready-made responses. And surprisingly <laughs> yeah. enough, I'm going to kill myself, is it in there? But yeah, no, she, there is a point where she says, you know, it's quite a serious subject that they're dealing with. And I think she does it quite well. She yeah. says, you know, my mother killed herself. And he says, how? I'm not giving you tips. Like, yeah. So although it's a serious subject and they are dealing with it in a good way, I think. Yeah, I think But, it they're, is, you know, it? they're adding humour to the situation. Yeah. In the end, Earl is cared about by the universe. It's a nice, happy, yeah. happy, warm feeling at the end. Phoebe's very, uh, she's very 
uh, you see her nicest side here because she goes out of her way because she's concerned about him. She physically goes to the building because she's concerned about him. I mean, if I were her boss, she'd be fired for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. She's done one call and she's left. So. Yeah, that temporary job is not lasting. Do you want to address your continuity, your timeline issues? So much. Right. <laughs> so... First of all, I think we're led to believe this is all the same day. They're wearing the same clothes throughout the whole episode. Yeah. Right? So yeah. the first scene is Joey getting a beer. Fine. Yeah. But then the next scene, they're all having coffee. And then the scene after that, Monica and Ross are eating cereal. Now, either Monica and Ross are eating cereal and orange juice for lunch, or Joey has got started real Very early. early beer. Yeah, that is, a re- that is a really good point. And also, tying into that the thing I mentioned earlier, where Phoebe, when she walks in at, what, breakfast or lunchtime and they're eating cereal and says, oh, I've not got any work. And she has a job within the morning. Yeah. Like she's, she's in an office. <laughs> yeah. She's acquired a new job in the morning. Then Ross and Monica are eating cereal after they discover their parents' house is on sale, aren't they? So, yeah, so they've gone out for coffee. Having been in the coffee yeah. house earlier, yeah. And then they've gone home for breakfast, but Joey's <laughs> already getting lashed next door. Like, it's bizarre. <laughs> and also, if Phoebe's going to work, why are none of the others going to work? Is it a weird Saturday call centre? Because no, because then <laughs> Earl wouldn't be at work. He it's wouldn't be in the office. It's a weekday. Yeah, that's a good it's point. Weird. Definitely a weekday. And both Ross and Monica are able to just... Uh, this is another thing. They discover their parents are selling their house. I mean, I know it's probably... I, I can't work it out in the era of texts or not, but it's a phone call, that, isn't it? Hey, guys, are you selling the house? They don't both need to take the entire day yeah. off and travel upstate to their parents' house. I know that we're picking holes in this because that's what we do. <laughs> do you think, uh, Dave, from like a writer perspective, do you think... An episode like this should make sense chronologically and time frame wise, or do you think it just doesn't matter because you're just following the plots? Because I don't know, I feel like it should make slightly more sense than it does. Well, the thing is, of course it should make sense, but how many people are watching it with it? Do you reckon tens of people have ever noticed this yeah. sort of Who timeline really problem if you're just watching it? I don't know how many times I've watched this episode before preparing to come here but I watched it last week and I watched it again today Yeah, and last week yeah. I didn't notice the timeline thing at right. all but today exactly. I got a notepad and pen out and then yeah. I was like hang on so maybe it's something that only really matters if you're a total nerd and you're coming on a friends podcast exactly but <laughs> still good to pick up on isn't it <laughs> it is it is gives us something to talk about doesn't it Dave there's always going to be that time where Rachel was cooking a chicken at midnight because of timeline issues <laughs> oh, yeah God. that was, that was uh, there's plenty of those Let's do the quiz. Uh, Excuse me while I get my phone out. This is where all the uh, questions are. Okay. So this is the lightning round where we do the attention to detail quiz. Things you might not have spotted. Things that we, you know, you might have spotted. It depends how much. I think the more we do this podcast, Pete, the more people are mainly preparing for the quiz by watching it and writing down every single thing (laughs) that they see uh, or or hear that might be in the quiz. How How are you feeling about the quiz tour? I was trying, yeah, I was. I went through being like noticing bizarre, strange details in the background. And I was like, are these guys going to notice this? Given you've referenced the posters in the background of Earl, I mean, they're not one of the questions, but that's the kind of level of attention to detail that's required. I've gone pretty deep then. Okay. But I don't know. Question one What are the contents of Jack Geller's gym? Uh, a tanning bed and a stack of Victoria's Secret catalogues. Word for Correct. word. Yes. Word for word. Very good. Uh, question two. What is the model of Rachel's new chair? 
the Lazy Boy E-Kleiner 3000. That is correct. It is the Lazy Boy E-Kleiner 3000. And there's a bonus here, actually. Okay. Uh, it was described by which magazine as chair of the year? No, I think it's described by, oh, Sit magazine. <laughs> I thought you said which magazine, because that is a consumer magazine. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. That is a, a problematically worded question. The e-cliner, what is that? That's a terrible so, word. <laughs> so it's a play on, I was trying to work this out. It's a play on recliner, obviously, but it feels like this is the time where everything was caught. You know, emails were kicking in properly yeah. and e-everything, which sort of indicates it's like an online thing, an electronic thing, but there's nothing apart from the radio in the, in the headrest. Oh, so it's and not you like... can hook it up to your TV. Maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's the other thing you can do. Maybe that's it. Maybe this is just the biggest technological advance in whatever year this was. What, seven years? 2001. It can probably send a fax or something as well. <laughs> yeah. Incidentally, the paper in the background of Phoebe's office is that old school printer paper with the holes down Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that from primary school, yeah. yeah. Question three. What are the major structural flaws in Jack and Judy Geller's house? Um... A crack in the foundation and asbestos in the roof. Again, correct. basically word for word. <laughs> yes. Yeah, very good, very good. You're doing, you're doing very well so if I far. Get, if I'm happy, I'm happy with three out of five. If I get the next two wrong, I don't mind. I think you'll get. I think you'll get this as well. Uh, what does Judy think of Jack driving a Porsche? Uh, your mother's right. I do look like an ass. <laughs> Again, <laughs> very good. This, and is, this, is, this is my one weird of the best memory. performances in the quiz uh, we've had. Okay. Well, this question five is. Uh, I reckon possible to get in its current written said state, but we might make it more difficult. It's currently written as name. So the, the boxes in Jack and Judy's garage are labelled without referring to your notes. I haven't written can, this down. So can you name? It says three of the box labels, but if you can name them all, we'll give you even more bonus points. I can definitely think of two. Okay, as baby yeah. baby blankets. I think yes. Uh, Ross's baby clothes. Yes. And I don't remember noticing uh, rock tumblers. I mean, I'm guessing now. I don't. <laughs> there is there is a paleontology related one. Oh, Ross's dinosaurs. I don't know. So it's very close, but it's, it's, that is that's the weirdest one, isn't it, Pete? It's his bone collection. <laughs> Ross's bone collection. There's also the very vaguely named Ross's science stuff. Yeah, which is different to his bone collection and his rock polisher. Yeah. Uh, they're all in different boxes. So the, the the ones I could see were Ross's trophies, Ross's band uniform, Ross's bone collection, Ross's magazines, Ross's awards, Ross's baby clothes, Ross's science stuff, and then, as you say, baby blankets, which is the only one that isn't anything to do with Ross. Um do you know what? It's no shame to not get that one right. Because I'm going to admirably I'm going to give myself 4.6 out of 5 because yeah, I got I two thirds fair. of that question that's right. That's fair. <laughs> okay. um, All right, we'll go with that. We don't usually <laughs> allow fractions or the guests to score themselves. Well, but, but in this case... Dave, we also don't usually keep score, so that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a difference in itself. Uh, Victoria Holland, thank you so much for appearing on this here podcast. It was my pleasure. Thank you. You picked a brilliant episode as well. Yeah, it was great. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, Dave. Thanks, Pete. See you next time. Keep friendsing. Oh, hello. We're still here. Look, uh, next week on Friends with Friends, we have author, broadcaster and lovely man, Chris Smith, oh, uh, who is going to tell us now the episode he's chosen to talk about. The episode I've chosen is illustrated by the prop I have here, <laughs> which is... 
three slices of bread, the middle one of which is soaked in gravy, and it is in a piece of foil with a note on top that says, knock, knock, who's there? Ross Geller's lunch. Ross Geller's lunch who? Ross Geller's lunch. Please don't take me, okay? It's the one with Ross's sandwich. Season five, episode nine, the one with Ross's sandwich. Go away and watch it. And if you think Chris was joking about the sandwiches in the studio, you better tune in next week. Bye now. Great big Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.